All right, summer's over. Ready for another season. Feeling good about the promotion push this year. Got our best 11 ready to go. Let's see what Wednesday has to offer. Three weeks later. Okay, it's been a bit of a slow start, but we're right there in and amongst the playoff places. And hey, the Steel City Derby this weekend. That's exciting at Hillsborough. Two hours later. All right, that didn't go great. Four to six weeks later. All right, this really isn't going great. Many months later. Okay, they were a little bit late on getting rid of Carlos, but I like what I've heard about Josh Lukai. Get the team together, can still salvage the season. Four to six weeks later. Okay, maybe we can't salvage the season, but FA Cup run, anyone, huh? FA Cup run? The following Thursday. Uh, well, this season just ended. There's absolutely nothing left to look forward to. A double pleasure's waiting for you. A double pleasure double miscom. A double great feeling. Making you realize double is the one for you. Double pressure. Double for this team as they punch the air the players as Ati Nuiu the man of the moment grabs three of his teammates in a bear hug it has been a bitterly disappointing season but on this day that has been full of cold and snow and frost and misery in the skies what a bright performance by Sheffield Wednesday yeah. and a much deserved victory here at Ellen Road as well you've got to say well done to every single Wednesday player all right that was pretty good Everything is awesome, everything is cool when you're part of a team on the Owls AmeriCast, Sheffield Wednesday Opinion with an American accent, even when that team you're podcasting about has won 3-21. I'm your host, Jeffrey Paternostro. This week I am drinking a single-cut Heavy Boots of Lead, which certainly is not the description of Wednesday's magical striker, Addie Newhue. But it is, however, the description of a Imperial Stout. It's quite nice. Uh, sort of like bittersweet, dark chocolate notes to it. As I said, I'm your host, but everyone has come out for the show this week. We have six people on. Bunch of glory seekers all come out after Wednesday win a game, I guess. And we'll start with Patty Jones. Patty, what are you drinking, and have you checked the sell-by date on it? Oh, Jeff, I've had a nightmare with my beer lately. So last week, uh, we found out after recording that I was drinking something that was a good year and a half out of date. Uh, today, I've been saving this beer, right, for a win. Obviously, I've been waiting a long time. Um, it is called a Celebrator, and it is a double bock. So a double for Atty New Year, a double bock for me. Celebrator beer, unfortunately. It smells like it's been kept in my dad's... Um, trainer box from football 40 years ago um and it's just rank really 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 bad so it's probably outdated too has it passed the uh german purity laws uh, i don't know definitely not pure to me yeah 
Also on the line, fully recovered now from his Columbus Crew tailgating experience, Evan Skelter. Evan, what are you drinking? Well, to be fair, I wasn't at that <laughs> that tailgate. Um, I don't want to be associated with that. I'm sure we'll talk about it later. Uh, I just finished <clears throat> one Negra Modelo, which is like my eh, one of my top three favorite major imports to the United States. It's a wonderful Mexican lager, medium-bodied lager, with slow-roasted caramel malts brewed for a rich, smooth taste. And I'm opening a second as we speak. I'm a Pacifico guy myself. Yeah, that's fair. I, uh, Negro's good. It's better than Modelo Especial, so... Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. That's like uh, like the natty light I think of of Mexican imports. I like especial. Don't don't knock it. It's a good drinkable beer. Patty Jones, the natty light of this uh, <laughs> podcast, apparently. Pa- pa- says says, says Patty, meaning drinking a uh, a beer out of out his dad's shoebox. <laughs> okay, maybe uh, ruining my reputation of a beer drinker. Off of his deathbed, because Wednesday did the double over leads. Paul Owen. Paul, what are you drinking? All right, chaps. I am. I'm on another still water as usual. I've got this. I got this one. I thought this was very um, thematic as well. It's called Whipped, like we did to Leeds, um, and it's um, it's um, a nitro double IPA with mango, vanilla, and lactose, and it says it says you the can that you shake. And then it says, gently shake the can to awaken the nitrogen and then pour hard. So I have no idea what to do with this, quite frankly. I've never been told to shake a can of beer and then open it. So I don't I don't know what to do. Shall I do it? Yeah, do it. It's called whipped. All right, here we go. That was the shake. Might be too much. Oh, it's a widget. I get it. Oh, uh, widget. It's kind of got a widget. It's a wonderful mango color, cloudy IPA, double IPA, 8%. So I'll see you later, chaps. I love the, the beer sound effects theme that we have going on. Yeah, it's, it was a good one, that wasn't it? Also with us this week, James Allen. James, what are you drinking? I'm going to tell you about that in a second, Jeff, but I've got something to say. And I'm going to, I'm going to, channel the the greatest form of scripture in order to uh, to put this in place at midday o king as the skies darkened and the mists and the snow swirled i saw on my way a light from heaven brighter than the sun and it shone around me and those who journeyed with me and when the whole leeds defense had fallen to the ground i heard a voice saying to me in the kosovan language james james why are you persecuting me It is hard for me to kick you in the gonads. And I said, who are you, Lord? And the saviour said, I am Dave, whom you are persecuting. But rise up and stand on your feet. For I have appeared to you for this purpose, to appoint you as a servant and as a witness to the things in which you have seen me do and the things in which I will see you do. I will rescue you from from your despair and from the Gentiles to whom I am sending you to open their eyes so that they may turn from darkness to from light and from the power of Satan to the Savior, so that they may receive forgiveness of sins and a place amongst those who are sanctified by the faith in me, Dave. 
Wow, you see the light. Quietly yeah. into the snow. And I was blind, but now I can see because he made a believer. <laughs> not the first time we have compared New Hue to Jesus on this podcast. Probably not the last. Of a, uh, a Rockaway IPA. It's nothing complicated because now I have seen the light. Thank you, Dave. What was that about uh, genitals? That bloody time. <laughs> I, may have, uh, I may have embellished a little bit of the Acts of the Apostles there in order to, uh, to make a point. <laughs> And the super sub for our five-a-side team, Luke Andrews Hacken. Luke, what are you drinking? Uh, I'm drinking a cup of hot water uh, at a perfect 65 degrees centigrade. <laughs> Only you can make hot water sound hipster. <laughs> <laughs> I do my best. I do my best. So we have a positive match review this week. Everything is okay. James has not despite his best efforts, and we appreciate the intentions, James, gotten out of us mercilessly making fun of you for your previous Dave blasphemy on the show, which will be the uh, crux of the Leeds review. The double is done. The team is almost healthy, just in time for the international break. It's like they always win before the international break. Not that momentum at this point in the season really matters. And we will, of course preview of the international break, such as it is, and the upcoming Preston and Sunderland matches uh, in anticipation of us actually taking a week off, but not really taking a week off. Details forthcoming. We will start with our leads review. Um, this was, for the most part, a shit match between two shit teams. We actually got distracted in Football Factory by the Stoke game, which was in a blizzard for the first half certainly more exciting in the first half of the Wednesday game. Might have actually been more watchable in whiteout conditions. We got our own snow in Yorkshire in the second half, and the goals started falling as well for one Eddie Newhue, James. Haven't I always said that, you know, Dave was going to come good for us eventually? <laughs> oh, boy. I, you know, I've, I've always known that he was the, uh, he was the true savior. Um, yeah, listen, it was, it, it, I mean, you, we had a bit of a, a, an argument, didn't we, half-time, Jeff, because you, uh, you were slating the match, shit, team, shit match between two shit teams, you said, and, uh, and I actually said I thought that Wednesday had had a, one of their better performances. And, um, the two aren't mutually we exclusive. This is true, yes, we, we can also be, uh, be better, but also still pretty stink the place out. Um, and to be fair, you know, we, we rode our luck at times. I think if you, if you watch the highlights, but particularly, you know, Leeds had a better finishing, we probably wouldn't have had the, uh, the chance for the, uh, the legendary climax that we had to the game. But, you know, just take a step back for a second. You know, Wednesday looked altogether more composed because we had Hutch back in midfield. And, you know, we'll come back to that in a second. But the team looked more balanced. The, the kind of, you know, it gave Reach more uh, ability to range forward. It created chances for us. Xiao had a good game. Um, but, you know, all, all of that was just kind of the, uh, the fluff for what was to come, right? I mean, the, even the first goal that Addy scored, which was a bit of a scrappy one after Reach had done well, you know, he, he scored that. We didn't necessarily realise what was about to happen. But as the mists came down and the snow swirled around Ellen Road, after we'd conceded an 87th minute, absolutely inevitable equaliser, when um, when he just bullied his way past that last man. And, uh, and you know, those of us who'd pretty much given up the game for dead suddenly realised that something epochal was about to happen. And he slotted so calmly into that bottom right-hand corner. I've, um, I, I, I literally did see the light. I mean, it... it the uh, the moment as he slid on his knees 
through the banks of snow that were beginning to build up at the, uh, I think, kind of the the far end of Ellen Road. It, it was just a genuinely legendary moment, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna remember that for a very very long time. He etched his name properly into Wednesday history there. Not only doing the double over leads, but just giving us a bit of hope for the season as well, and the um, the positivity that things can be better. Right? We were saying it over the last few weeks. We need we need something to hang a hat on, a little bit of pride back before the end of the season, and we we got that, and we got to um, well, we got into the forties, didn't we? With points of the season, so many reasons to be positive. And as you touched on, one of the bigger reasons, a little bit stronger spine in the team with Hutch and Lees back in there, Paul. Yeah, you could say that, couldn't you? And I think, you know, using that word it, with its double meaning there, spine of the, the structure of the team, but a little bit of backbone, you know, a bit of solid kind of balls and, um, you know, leadership, I think. I think that you could see that Sammy was up for it from the second he appeared and he was kind of talking and you know, the midfield general I was kind of calling him the beast master. You know, he was there, he was, he was directing, he was pointing, he was geeing everyone up. He was like he the on, got the on in the first 10 minutes. Right. It was a slow start. I'll get to that. We said we'd be positive, Jeff. So, you know, he, he kind of came out firing. I thought, I think, um, I think that uh, a couple of the highlights that uh, for me were when he was, it was really sliding in. Um, you know, we all knew that it was coming, but he, he didn't get he didn't get booked till the sixty third minute. But you know, it was it was just clear again the quality that he brings um, and what we've missed so far. I think that uh, people like uh, Joey P will have seen uh, you know a little bit of a different level of quality um, in the side that he's probably not seen since he's arrived. Uh, he really took control of the midfield, uh, frustrated leads all day long. I think the highlight for me was when he stole the ball, uh, slotted it through for reach when he had that screamer from about 35 yards, um, forced a great save. But um, yeah, it was it was just a wonderful thing to see against Sammy sliding in. And as I say, it was almost a celebration when he got his yellow because it meant that he was back. You know, for me, it was maybe a pivotal moment, a change now. Now that Sammy's got a yellow, he hasn't had one for months. If Sammy hasn't got a yellow for months, there's something wrong. So I feel like we're back on form now with uh, with, him, with him in the team. And the good thing is he still has, uh, I think, what, nine more to give? Because it cleared after Christmas. So he can just get one every game the rest right. of the way without having to face suspension. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> and he might do that. It did make a big difference. So I think just like, we will come on to the sort of the defense as a whole in a second, but... The ability just to break up play before it gets down the wings or in the channels or, you know, a through ball that puts the center backs on their heels. You know, Hutch can break up play there and transition. You know, the team's never going to break at pace, but he gives them a few more options on the counter. Yeah, he did it a few times too, didn't he? He was... um... That, like Paul said, that where he set to reach for his uh, 30, 40 yarder screamer, he did it such nonchalance. He just robbed the ball from the Leeds guy. Just literally, just almost like a Ronaldo West. Just there you go, breach, have a shot. Just just laid it off. It was it was so calm. It was so collected. It was so cool. He just he's just one of my favourite players, and it was so nice to see him back in the team again. And it was <laughs> it was had a funny interview with after the game. How you say he's a he's a big moaner, and he's been telling the the boss he's been fit for weeks. But um, Jos, thankfully, uh, unlike Carlos, held him back until he was 100% fit. And hopefully we'll see the uh, dividends of that over the remainder of the season now. So 
You know, I, I think that's actually a really important point, Paddy, because it, it's fascinating to me what he said after the game about how he used to be able to kind of come back from injury. He'd train for two days and Carlos would put him straight back in. I think he, didn't he say something like he played three games in seven days and immediately got a hernia? And yeah. He, was, yeah. he wasn't trying to criticise Carlos because he said he'd you know, give him more breaks in his career than, than anyone else had and you know, probably gave him a chance when others might have been more suspicious of his, of his, of his injury and perhaps. But, you know, we haven't had a lot of positive things for people to say about Jos recently, and I'm really interested in this. And he actually, there was a little clue in something he said. He said, there's new rules at the club, and it must be rules about, you know, the amount of game time or the amount of kind of recovery time you need from an injury before you're eligible to play for the first team. And that's obviously frustrated him. But I thought that we saw the benefit from that, that kind of pent-up frustration, A, but also just the fact that he was fit enough to play 65 really productive minutes for us. And his quality and his class just shone, didn't it? I mean, it wasn't just like the little layoffs and the kind of the breaking up play. He played a couple of absolute champagne balls out into the channels as well. Um, you know, again, setting reach and Zhao forward. But he, he just, he stuck out like a sore thumb as a real stroke of premiership midfield class in a, you know, in a frankly, pretty scrappy derby at times. Um, so if we can get him fit and keep him fit, then gosh, we've got something to, to look forward to. Did anybody catch that wonderful moment where where we had a throw-in? We were moving forward. Uh, it was a little bit hectic at the time. We were out of, out of formation. Uh, the ball goes out, and, and you see Sammy just stop. Everybody he turns around. He's holding his arm up. Stop. Stop. Wait. Don't take the don't take the throw. Stop. You know, he just calmed everyone down. Everyone got a chance to move forward, get into the right position. You know, and then he was like kind of clapping his hands and saying, "Let's go, let's go." It was it was just different. You know, it was very, very, very different from what we've seen. Uh, you know, over the last few months. So yeah, it's uh, it's really good to have him back. Different than leadership as well. Yeah, yeah, it's leadership. And you know what? It wasn't just Hutch doing it as well on Saturday because Tom Lee's was fantastic as well. And I'm going to talk about New Year as well. And it's. You, you you kind of left off a little new year of the spine, but he was part of that spine on Saturday, where you got the strength of um, and Wildsmith too. Wildsmith had some great saves again. Every single game he makes some crucial last minute saves. So Wildsmith, Tom Lees, Hutch, and New You, that yeah. and every single one of them was fighting for it and, and yeah. like leading it. We've complained the entire year about having a lack of leadership on the pitch. We had four leaders on the pitch on Saturday, and they were all magnificent. And it was. Great to see. So I'm going to, I'm going to focus a bit on Tom Lees because Tom Lees, I thought, was back to his very best. Uh, he gets a bit of, a bit of criticism himself sometimes too about being too quiet. But I thought he led by example on Saturday. He was always in defenders' faces. He was proactive in closing people down. And he was organising um, people at each side of him. Uh, and yes, we looked rocky sometimes. But I mean, he can't be everywhere for everything. But I thought he had a fantastic game on Saturday, Tom Lees. There was a beautiful moment, wasn't there, where I think he um, he did exactly what Leuvens has been trying to do all season and failing miserably, which was judge a sliding tackle in midfield absolutely perfectly. And he just kind of clattered through somebody, won the ball and, and then played it back upfield. And you're absolutely right. And he, he, he looked like the old Tom Lees. I mean, you know, maybe that was part of that was playing against Leeds, against his old club and wanting to put in a shift. But, you know, dare I say it, I think part of it is, is also the fact that he's actually fit. You know, you can concentrate on... On you know a little bit more leadership, a little bit more of playing his game than than maybe trying to protect himself as well. And uh, you know again, uh, really encouraging for for the future to have him and Hutch and that that as you said that spine running through the team. And I'm I'm happy to include Addy in that because he uh, he put in a real bullying performance throughout the game. I, I hate to to bring us back down to earth, but we were still. Um... 
we're still Sheffield Wednesday at points in the match. Yeah, the, the Sheffield Wednesday of this year, right? So, I, I obviously we gave up that equalizer, which uh, I just I just felt like it was inevitable throughout the the whole match. You know, we we go up one nil, and I just just being trained to to watch Wednesday just was ready for it, was bracing for it, and then it came, and then obviously we went up. And that was huge. And then how, how many of you just kind of lost your breath when we gave up that free kick right on the edge of the box at the end? Just, I, I was uh, I was devastated already. Like, it, it to me, it was almost like it had already gone in. I was just I was just upset and, and fuming uh, before realizing that it, it didn't actually go in. It, it looked like he really left the camera shot when he kicked it. So I can't imagine in what direction it went, but it was not towards goal. <laughs> I still don't know where it went now. I looked like we played back. I have no idea which way it went. I think it got lost in the blizzard, um, which is probably as well for the Leeds guy who shot. But, but Evan, can we just pull you back for a second? Because when you say how many of us kind of, you know, got a bit nervous, a few of us got a bit nervous, but I think you gave half of the Wednesday uh, followers on Twitter an absolute heart attack. So you were, you were in charge of the Owls America handle and you just simply wrote, oh, no, and hit send. <laughs> Right. Yeah, I, uh, I, I didn't. I didn't really consider the fact that a lot of those people rely on on Twitter to to get their updates. And so, this was not a Sky game, Evan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's. It, I feel. T- I really did feel badly after it happened. Um, yeah, after we got some feedback that just said, you know, you, I, I forget exactly what it was, but some upset people. Um, I think it was words to the effect of. You chuffer, you gave me a chuffing half attack, heart attack. Yeah, yeah. Or words slightly nastier than that. Was or that just Lord H? Think twice before you tweet. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I truly, I, I am sorry for that. I just, as soon as we gave up the free kick, I said, "Oh no," because it just, you know, that's the kind of thing that happens. You know, we we give up a free kick, it goes in in the ninety fifth minute, and there it is, a draw, one point. And so I, I said, "Oh no," not not thinking about it. It was. Um, it was not good, and I apologize, and it will not happen again. I'm happy it didn't go in. I hope that everyone else was happy after getting over the initial shock, and let's move on, right? Can we, can't, we can't even blame uh, Morgan Fox for the defensive lapses this week because he wasn't in the squad. That's not entirely true. He came on for the last minute, didn't he? Did he? I must have been yeah, there. Well, so he, we he couldn't even tell on the feed. They weren't like I figured out Barry Bannon was in the game like five minutes after it happened because there was a short little Scottish man suddenly running around the field. Was he the guy that actually assisted the new you? Because I was wondering who gave the big hoof up front. It was from the left back position, wasn't it? Hilarious. I mean, was it it God, I hope not. <laughs> oh, man, I'm, I'm, I'm during the uh, the next segment. I'm going to quickly go back and watch that just in case we have to inadvertently give Morgan Fox praise. In which case, I'll basically burn all video evidence. <laughs> you taking, Morgan we're Fox taking two weeks podcast. off, not one. <laughs> <laughs> but really, uh, Luke... speaking of speaking of new you, I am. Uh, I've been begging my wife to let me get an Ati new you tattoo somewhere on my body. Uh, <laughs> Especially after he, that that picture came out with him with his thumbs up after the match, I would love to get that in in like a black and white cartoonized type version, uh, somewhere on my body. Full back piece. It just says the double for the Leeds double or something along the lines to commemorate this this huge appearance. And I cannot convince her for the life of me. Two two big sums and yeah. <laughs> just don't finish that. I was going to say that that's an interesting. Who's got, who's Do you got... have any other tattoos ever? 
No, no, it'd be my first. And Your only. first tattoo, just diving right in with the full Addy Newhue back piece. That's what I do. Why, why not just go for like yeah, a massive kind of you know full scale replica of his head on your uh, on a very prominent part of your body? Um, uh, I, I'm trying. To, look, you got to understand. I'm trying to get her to let me get a tattoo. So we have to stay subtle to start, right? No. You know, if you no. want to. So what you no, what go. you do, Evan, is you get an actual piece of art. So you get the Pete McKee drawing of Addie Newhue. So yeah, it's like art. Too. Oh my gosh! Do you think Pete McKee would draw me a tattoo? I mean, he has. Uh, he did an Addie Newhue drawing for a piece of merch, a T-shirt that I actually own of like cult heroes from Sheffield Wednesday. Specifically really cool. for you? Well, no. <laughs> it's a T-shirt that I own. <laughs> Okay. I don't think he's going to do something specific for you, Evan, but he has drawn at a new you, yes. which you can use. <laughs> hang, hang on, hang on. All right, so, so so Rachel just walked into this room. Is there... Can, can she you bring guys, you some drinks? Can you guys do your best to... Uh, Here, do you want me to throw it into the uh, into the WhatsApp for you so you can show it to her? No, 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 she's right. She's actually we'll on the live take on air. So just, uh, s- Rachel. Rachel. Um, hi. I think that <laughs> hi, it's nice to hear your voice. Uh, first of all, uh, what drink have you bought, Evan? Because we uh, know that uh, obviously he requires drinks to bring into him every half an hour. I brought him a glass of local white wine. You are an angel. Whoa, 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 whoa! Local, local white wine. wine. You mean Ohio white wine? Oh yes. Is that a thing? <laughs> Apparently, it is. Wow. We're getting distracted, guys. We're getting distracted. Rachel, um, there's, a, there's a player for Sheffield Wednesday, probably one of the best players in the last 100 years. And I think yeah. Evan... <laughs> I, think Evan I mean, 150 really... to be fair, Patty. Let's not uh, undersell okay, it. Yeah. Um, and uh, Evan would really... It means so much to him that I think he would like to commemorate this club legend by having a full uh, back tattoo of this player. Full Maybe back even just. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we can start big if you want. Maybe you can negotiate a little bit, uh, Evan. Um, but yeah, what do, what do you think about having a, a Nuihu tattoo? <laughs> Nuihu tattoo. Well, it, if he gets it on his back, I'm going to be scratching Nuihu's face a lot. <laughs> hey, well, that's too much information there, right, Tilbert? Thank you for bringing the tone This escalated down. quickly. <laughs> she's she's actually the one that's been drinking that Ohio white wine. <laughs> Never could have told that, Evan. We're gonna get like, until you uh, spoiled it. Yeah. I think we need to put a disclaimer in at this point to say that Evan is actually a very nice person who doesn't rely on his uh, his better half just to bring him drinks and scratch his back, and 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 believes in equal rights. I'm glad you saw the innocent um, part of that scratch backing, back scratching, back scratching. Scratch backing works as well. <laughs> Yeah. Where right, did I well, lose control I of this we, segment? I think we've convinced her. Great, thanks, Rachel. Oh, she she actually stormed off just a, a little bit ago. <laughs> <laughs> Another glass or two of Ohio white wine, you're probably in the clear. <laughs> sorry, sorry to get us off off topic. Um, <laughs> Wait, 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 our big man, our Luke, our big man was better than their shit house, right? <laughs> okay, way to bring it back yeah. on the agenda, there, uh, Evan. Yeah. Just reel it back in. No, I just uh, who I had no idea who that that young Dutch striker they had was. He he kind of popped up out of nowhere, 
Um, but I can't tell if it's like the way the leads kit is cut, but he just looked like he was just massive. Like I, I just was so surprised and to see him get out or, you know, see him get up for that header, uh, was, was just like, wow, where the hell did they get this kid from? And then of course, um, like everyone has been talking about to, uh, to see him fail at being the biggest man on the pitch, uh, thanks to our Lord and Savior Eddie Nuyu. Um Yeah, I just I, I just wanted to kind of point that out. And, uh, we got to talk about Grot, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the most Grott. aptly named Leeds player I've ever heard in my entire life, Grot. Yes. How beautiful. I mean, he is a big guy. Jesus. Somehow Leeds like was a, able uh, to uh, produce a kit that actually fits him, though. <laughs> I think that's questionable, Jeff. I'm not sure that any of the Leeds players could claim that their kits actually fit them. They're shrink-wrapped. It's copper, isn't it? Yeah, it's like they've been spray-painted on. So it's sort of like, what happens if you combine cling film and a reasonably well-stacked footballer? And uh, Sorry, we're, we're back off topic again, aren't we? Uh, let's, uh, let's get back to the Leeds game. Well, the next item on the agenda is something I'm excited to do, which we already kind of did, but uh, James D... Is, is be honest. Is Addy your new favorite player? <laughs> I'm. Uh, I, I'm willing to recognize his contribution to lifting this diabolical mess of a season into something that we might actually be able to get out of with a, a modicum of respect. And and frankly, if um, if his contribution on Saturday and that that win against Leeds proves to be the turning point that tips us away from a relegation battle, then I will truly accept that he is the savior of Sheffield Wednesday because I actually think that going down true. the season would be would be catastrophic. Will you get a tattoo of him on your body? I don't, my my wife is currently dealing with a coughing child, so I'm afraid I can't ask the qualifying question. So I can't commit to that right now. I'll uh, I'll ask for permission offline. Well, if you give the child some uh, local Ohio white wine, I'll probably put it to sleep. So then you can ask. Might <laughs> yeah. do worse than put it to sleep. <laughs> you know, I was just I was just thinking about how convenient it would actually be to have a giant new you face on my back for those occasions where she is scratching my back. Like if I have an <laughs> if I have an itch, it'd be great to just say, Hey, could you please scratch New Hue's left nostril? Hey, could you please get could you please get New Hue's ear uh, on the left side, please? Like that'd be so nice to have coordinates specific to at the New Hue's face. Which, which raises the question, which generation of New Who would you go for? Would you go for kind of, you know, original hairy generation? Would you go for kind of, you know, short, short back and sides tidied up New Who? I think you got to go, go for a Game of Thrones extra Eddie New Who. Exactly, yeah. Which, which version would you go for, Evan? Oh, man. Do you know, they're I, all I, great. I, you can't go wrong. I'd, I'd go, uh, I'd have to go hairy. Hairy New Who. And no, I don't have a hairy back. Um, has to be artificial hair. I think the smooth. problem is you're bringing a you're bringing a third party into this relationship. I'm not sure you can measure up to. True. Yeah, that's that true. is the danger. What if Rachel falls in love with Addy on her back? <laughs> well, hold on, hold on, hold on. Addy is the savior, and there is plenty of room for the savior in everybody's lives. So um, let's not, you know, let's make room. There's always room for a third person. I mean, is there room at a? Sheffield Wednesday for Eddie Newhew next year. There has been talk of new contract discussion. I know, uh, I think I speak for the official stance of the podcast where it's fuck financial fair play. You don't need any transfers if you have Newhew. 
Do you know what? I think he deserves another year. Give him another year. I think he's a good player to have on the, the team when when everyone's healthy. It's fine to have him just as an option coming off the bench or uh, just available if someone goes down. You know, obviously we're not going to pay him a ton of money. Like he's not going to, he's not going to significant or be a significant, you know, notch on the FFP battle. Um, I, I don't see any reason not to re-sign the guy. Do, do you know what? I'll I'll make a pitch for him in a way that I didn't think I I would have done. But one of the things I think Addy does very well is he clearly has an impact on the playing staff and on the coaching staff and and you know on the fans as well, of which I am now part of the legion of uh, of supporters, right? Um, and I think we've learned to our cost, the cost of not having those type of people in the dressing room and around the club, um, you know, particularly with, with Semedo, who you know, maybe he wasn't going to contribute heavily on the pitch. But, but I personally think that, you know, the, the lack of characters like that around Wednesday, the last 12 months has cost us. So if he's playing that role and if he's, if he's working hard at keeping the dressing room morale up, even when times are, are rough, then yeah, maybe we do need to keep him around and find a way to keep him part of the club. He clearly, you know, he, pairs off and, and plays off really well with, with a lot of the players off the pitch. So, um, you know, that alone, I think, is, is worth looking at as a reason for justifying keeping him around. But, you know, if I'm completely blunt, he's, he's played his way into the reckoning as well. I mean, you know, his performance and the shift that he put in on Saturday is, is exactly what we needed. Um, and I can't believe I'm saying this, but it, it looks like we might want that option going forward as well. Yeah, I mean, I don't think, even in our halcyon days of Eddie Newhio, the summer of Newhio, spring of Newhio. Um, we would suggest that maybe he's the first choice striker on a Wednesday team that gets us promoted, but I think he certainly has a role to play. And I, I had a tomato comp lined up myself for uh, much of the same reasons you've outlined, James. You know, there was the, the interview with him earlier this season, too, where he really talked about his work ethic and you know, uh, staff around the team talking about his work ethic. He don't, he's always seemed to, even going back now, I mean, he's been there four years, four seasons. Going back to sort of the sort of the relationship he had with Jack Magoma back in the day. And, you know, I remember there's a very funny YouTube video of, like, Chris McGuire doing an Eddie Newhue impression. He does seem to have, like, a, a an effect on the clubhouse very sort of, you know, widely from the day he landed in... Uh, in South Yorkshire, and I think that has value. And he's improved. He's better than when he got here. Um, you know, you could say maybe he's playing for a contract, which I suppose he is, but, you know, four goals and three assists and nine starts this year, that's a pretty decent impact. Again, is it the kind of performance, kind of skill set that's going to, you know, displace a healthy Forestieri or a healthy Hooper or, you know, a, the... Is he our ideal top striker for where we want to be in a year? No, but he can do a job. He has a role, and I think there are certain times that you need Addy Newhew. Couldn't agree more. I think uh, even if we're just a bit part player when we've got a full strength squad, he uh, he's he's the new Semedo for me. He's the heart of the dressing room, like you say. And uh, I think he one of the reasons he performed so well uh, this weekend, he knows that the fans love away at Leeds. He he knows that how much it would mean to them if he if he'd had a great game and he was good enough to get two goals and could have got three. If I'm honest with you, that shot uh, towards the um, 
top top corner, which shows you put over the bar. That was a fantastic shot. Um, so I think he, he he knows the fans better than pretty much anyone in the dressing room too. So that's why we've got to keep him. And with that, we'll wrap up our Leeds review. Take a break. Come back and cover the Wednesday news of the week and preview our upcoming post-international break fixtures. We're walking in a Wednesday wonderland as we cover the news this week. We mentioned that we're happy. We're very happy. And more cause for good news, James. There's been a season ticket extension offered. There has, uh, either due to uh, the intense demand of Wednesdayites clamoring to sign up for five years of, uh, of more tickets as a result of the epic double over Leeds and, and recognizing that we're going to hand a, a tasty four-year contract to one Addy New. Big Dave um, makes four. it rain. Big Dave makes, uh, makes the good times rain. Absolutely. We can afford... Uh, we can afford at least to honour him in uh, in the form of uh, some kind of you know uh, idol uh, or or maybe a, a chapel of peace to uh, to venerate him uh, at Hillsborough. And um, but no, the uh, the season tickets uh, have been extended into uh, into April, and I think actually it had a lot more to do with the fact there was a fair bit of snow in Sheffield over the weekend, some of which we saw at the Leeds game, uh, which meant that nobody could get down to the ticket office to extend the season tickets. So clubs saw that as an opportunity to extend it out, giving everybody a couple more weeks and. Um, uh, you know, hopefully that's quite a good sign for for a few more sales as well. Take advantage of the international break and a little bit more glow and positivity about us Wednesdays. Thinking maybe the Addy Newhue stand is an appropriate way to honor him. Statue, statue out front. Of the Statues stadium. are always good. Also I good think, is I mean, the an, another Wednesday output has been outlet has been suggesting a statue, so we shouldn't try and steal this under there. Personally, mm. I think we should start selling you know little mini figurines in the club shop. What about if we make the stand in the shape of him? So you like sit on his feet and his knees and stuff, and it's just like a shape of I knew you. I'm glad you said feet and knees there. That's <laughs> completely different. But given that you're not going to sit in, uh, in in a slightly more compromised area, what what a great idea! I mean, but what could we also sell? You know, do your own Adi knew who tattoo kits. It seems like there's <laughs> no. a uh, a big market for that. I'll sign up. <laughs> You need a lot we of keep comparing him to that. Jesus, we could do yeah. like the uh, dashboard-mounted uh, Eddie Newhue figures. <laughs> I mean, the least they could do is sell his hat is what he's made. I mean, the it's least they could do is get a shirt that fits him, but that's probably not going to happen this <laughs> season. But if you want to get uh, Eddie Newhue 17 on the back of the yellow and black away strip that he scored two goals against Leeds, and you can do it for 50% off at the uh, Wednesday shop right now. You know what? I've got a Rhodes 17 from last season. I might just peel off Rhodes and <laughs> write in you, you want to <laughs> That might work, because there's you rumors could, uh... that uh, Jordan Rhodes <laughs> is it. headed to Bolton, Paul. Oh, he took my, took my yeah. fire. It's okay. literally, I'm Maybe. the host. It's my yeah. job to transition these segments, Evan. Yeah, well, <laughs> I, know. I seem to do a lot better than you sometimes, so I was excited <laughs> for that one. Have some more yeah, Ohio maybe, wine. Maybe Rhodes exactly. <laughs> is going to Bolton, following in the uh, the kind of the, the, the Gary Gary Medine school of strikers at Sheffield Wednesday. Just sort of leave with not very much glory left behind. But I, that's the weirdest thing for me, which, which um, 
yes, Rhodes may go there. But, you know, I, I just wonder about Gary Medine, actually. got me thinking about him, because that, that's a little weird, isn't it? That Gary Medine is now going to the Premier League. Do you think they'll keep him? <laughs> Genuinely terrified me. Right? <laughs> For a television reference that might be of more uh, meaningfulness to our younger <laughs> listeners, uh, this is, in fact, the bad place. What bad place? The sunken place? Do you not watch The Good Place? Oh. <laughs> like you said, younger references. Clearly, clearly it's not our, our um, demographic. No. More good news, Patty. Uh, we have a positive injury update this week that includes one Fernando Forestieri back in training. Yes. I mean, forget any other injury updates. What all you need to know is that Nando is back. I mean, in what probably is the longest teaser campaign of any big budget movie ever, the little man is finally back in training. We've been following his Instagram stories for what seems like three years now. Um, and finally a picture came on Instagram, shared by the club, of him with a ball at his feet. Uh, and it's just, he's got a little cheeky green on, and he's just uh, looking forward to playing after the international break, apparently. So, um Yoss has said he's coming back after the international break. Uh, Baza has uh, also commented on social media too, saying welcome back, Fessy. So everyone's getting excited about the little man's to, um, return to the first eleven, and I can't be happier. And speaking of the international break, Evan, our savior, Eddie Newhue, has been selected for the Kosovan friendlies against Madagascar and Burkina Faso this upcoming week. <laughs> no way. No way, Can you give us a uh, scouting report on Madagascar and Burkina Faso? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, absolutely, actually. Madagascar, which is an African nation, just like uh, Burkina Faso, they have uh, a pretty good squad this year. Um, they, they've they played a couple matches, uh, mostly consisting of matches against... Uh, Teams like Senegal, um, Togo, uh, Equatorial Guinea, and they played them a couple times. Um, and they've Are you also started listing Sudan. the major exports of Burkina Faso. Ah <laughs> uh, man, I'm not even quite sure where that is. Um, I can. Hear I'll tell you, you what Googling. though, Madagascar did have a a <laughs> big win last year against Seau, Tomi, and Princip- Principe. Um, actually, did the double and we're not in really three breaking days. any stereotypes here, are we? No. So, so they they actually they they advanced pretty far in the uh, African Nations Cup. So uh, they're not a bad squad. No match for Eddie uh, New about, here, though. That's about all I got. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I would I would have to guess New would score about six or seven against um, conservatively. Madagascar, yeah. If, if you Google Madagascar national football team, uh, the matches come up, and then if you click on the news link, it just says no news. <laughs> so, <laughs> not, not a whole lot going on. We do have a little bit of news still to cover. Um, my favorite 
football <laughs> hat related website hey, and yours, James. Hang on. Hey, hang on. you got something on. for us, Evan? I, I have to go back. <laughs> so, so I'm on the, the Wikipedia page uh, for Madagascar football achievements. And um, this is the World Cup listing. And it just says uh, 1930 through 38 did not exist. 19, <laughs> 1950 through 1970 did not enter. 1974 withdrew. 1978 did not enter. 82 and 86 did not qualify. 1990 did not enter. 94 through 18 did not qualify. And then it lists 2022, and it says, to be determined. <laughs> They're in the hat. So in case you were not sure, uh, just I mean, just, to be fair, that's very similar recent history to the English national team, so. Hey. I like the optimism, though. I like the optimism to be determined. I mean, that's probably the most optimistic I've ever been. As I was saying, James, yours and my favorite football hat-related site has some new Wednesday hats on the offer soon. It seems so serious after that uh, that limb section from uh, from Evan. Uh, yeah, the um, the the infamous and brilliant footballbobbles.com uh, who uh, who knocked out a couple of absolutely beautiful bobble hats for the winter um, and uh, since it's a, an everlasting winter they've uh, have started to kind of create a couple more for, for Wednesday nights so um, we've had the uh, we've had the Nielsen um, I forget what the second one was the Nielsen the away the away hat the uh, the kind the, of the, the Roland is the, the away one. hat and the Sheridan is the home one there we go the Sheridan's the uh, the neat blue and white one that's the one I've got um, they've uh, they've been previewing this week that they've uh, they've got some real collector's edition hats coming in the form of the uh, the celebrated 1988 to 1990 green and white hoops, the Celtic away shirt uh, that looks absolutely cracking. Which I still think we should resurrect as an away kit, by the way. The even more celebrated uh, 1986 1987 um, Finlux uh, silver and purple little number that's going to be uh, incarnated as a as a bubble hat. And then there's a curious third one, which uh, I'm going to need somebody to explain to me which kit it's actually referring to. It's sort of like a kind of cream ecru and uh, and grey number, um, which doesn't. That's the uh, that's the thin blue striped one. Is that the, the, oh, the home version of the Finlux? Mid eighties yeah. home yeah. version. Ah, fair dues, fair dues. Well, I didn't quite get that, but the um, the first two I'm absolutely in love with. So uh, so yeah, those those are coming Wednesday nights ways pretty soon. I think they're a limited edition run, so you're gonna have to move pretty quickly to get an order in on those once they go into production. But there's actually some really great um, merchandise coming forward from third parties at the moment. So there's the the hats and football bubbles. There's a couple of really tasty mugs knocking around the place with the old um, mid '90s black and gold uh, away strip kind of modelled and Nielsen five and, and stuff like that on there. So. Uh, they had really, really nice little things. So, uh, so watch out for those on uh, on Twitter and elsewhere as they go on sale. Um, and uh, a big plug for footballbobbles.com. dot uh, com. Maybe, uh, maybe you guys should. Uh, we're getting a lot of play on the social media as a result of that. So maybe we'll, we'll start talking sponsorship soon. The Hells Americast brought to you by Football Bubbles. I'm very good at reading ad copy, so just keep that in mind. Also, to keep in the back of your mind are some upcoming fixtures. We do have a week off for the international break, the last one of the season. We will come back to Preston, North End, and Sunderland. And those are two new teams, for us at least, to preview on this show. And for that, we look even further north and toss it over to James Allen. 
I'm, I'm feeling far too positive today, Jeff. I, I can't bring myself to this segment. I don't want to. Uh, I don't want to belittle any small British towns. I want to be positive. Um, I want to look to the future and celebrate the the upturn in our fortunes that we've had this week. So, why don't we just say some nice things about uh, the aforementioned towns? So, um, I think first up is uh, is Preston, isn't it? So that's the um, the Good Friday game on Friday, the third uh, of April, I think, roughly there or thereabouts. Um, so uh, yeah, Preston, a venerable old town. Um, they're uh, you know celebrated in football history. I think that possibly the, the team with the oldest continuous use of a football league ground or something on those lines. They they get all excited about the fact they were founded in 1880. Well, we can show them a thing or two about that. But very nice old football club, uh, nice northern uh, uh, old mill town, I guess probably maybe. I'm sure someone will set me right on that. Um, associated with uh, some fabled times in British football history, not least. Uh, the uh, the iconic club of Tom Finney, uh, who was a, a phenomenal player uh, in English football in the 1950s. I think he was the first player ever to win the PFA Player of the Year twice in 54 and 57. Um, and also uh, as a uh, a town, the the home of the very first British motorway uh, or interstate, as we would know over here, uh, the M6, which I'm sure we've all sat in a traffic jam or two on at some point in our lives. Um, really excitingly, it was also the first place that an American fast food restaurant opened in Britain. Uh, when the first KFC rocked up there in 1965, uh, so quite what on earth the uh, the colonel was thinking about taking a celebrated uh, Kentucky Fried Chicken to press, and I've got no idea, but um, obviously has an allure. Uh, and it's also uh, the twelfth nicest place to live, according to um, Channel Four uh, property mogul Sarah Beanie, uh, who uh, who voted it somehow twelfth out of 1,067 towns in the UK. So go Preston. I don't know if you chaps have got anything nice to say about them, but feel free to weigh in. Um, no, but they are in some good form at the moment. Um, they've only lost twice since uh, the beginning of the year, and both those have been pretty narrow. And they're actually um, staving off the Blades' playoff chances. They're just above them in the uh, at number eight at the moment. Number eight, at eighth at the moment. Um, so even if we do lose against them, which we probably will do, just knowing our run against Preston recently, uh, there is some small silver lining: is that we're probably doing the um, the piggies a bit of a disservice by um, letting their playoff rivals go above them. So it's not all bad if we lose. They've had a really good season, haven't they? I, I think that's actually probably should be our modus operandi for the rest of the season. We should win the games that get us out of trouble and probably just throw a few games that keep the uh, keep the blades out of the playoffs. <laughs> Why not? Alex Neal's actually done a very good job there. I mean, he, you know. He, it didn't work out for him at Norwich after they came back down, but he uh, he's righted Preston, and it's kind of funny actually because if you go back to the start of the season, you know, with our hopes and expectations, they all came crashing to earth when we had that miserable performance at Preston. And like you say, they've kicked on pretty well. Patty, I will point out that this is not a segment for actual analysis. I don't know if you've been paying attention for the last twenty-four episodes. <laughs> <laughs> No, not really. <laughs> that, that, was, that was a bit deep, but it was positive in, in the vein of optimism, right? Um, moving on to Sunderland, Jeff. Uh, ah, Sunderland, the uh, the perennial kind of uh, place of disappointment in Britain. Um, most notably in the news over the last few years as being the uh, the town that uh, always tried its hardest to be the first place to report uh, results on British election nights. Um, so there's this sort of weird, truly British sport of uh, a ballot counting. Uh, that goes on between a couple of new northeast constituencies, and Sunderland always tries to be the first one to get its uh, its candidate declared. Um, was very successful for a number of years until the Brexit vote arrived, and uh, they they rushed to count the votes and discovered that the people of Sunderland had uh, tipped the balance sixty one percent, thirty nine percent in favour of leaving the EU. 
which set the tone for a very uh, very negative evening for those of a, a progressive disp- disp- uh, disposition. Um, but yeah, Sunderland's a, a proud town in its own right. Always been a bit in the shadow of Newcastle, uh, for which there's a, a lot of banter backwards and forwards. Um, shipbuilding town, I think, originally. Um, suffered mightily as a result of austerity measures in Britain over the last 10 years, which maybe explains a bit of the Brexit vote. Um, also home to uh, one of Europe's largest car factories. Uh, so Nissan has a big plant there. Uh, merrily exporting uh, cars to the rest of Europe. So make of that what you will. Um, but most notably, really, because the football team's been pretty god awful for the last couple of years, but uh, they managed to have a, a really entertaining halftime show uh, at the Stadium of Light last week, which, Jeff, I think you can probably pick up the story on this one. So, yes, uh, you mentioned already the banter between Sunderland and Newcastle. Obviously, both have... Uh sort of bounced between the championship and the Premier League in the last uh, few years, really the last decade or so. You know, the Tyneware Derby, as we all know it. Um, so Sunderland is, I don't know if you, it's probably like two years ago on YouTube, you see a lot of teams doing the uh, crossbar challenge, where you'd basically try to take a uh, take a free kick and hit it off the top of the crossbar. Whatever team did more would win. So, uh Sunderland does something similar in their halftime show, and uh, it was won by a fan this week, but not by a Sunderland fan. Uh, by a Newcastle fan, in fact, uh, who then took what could, if the, you thought the, uh, let's put it this way, if you thought the Addie Newhue uh, shin slide was a little bit of a cherry on top, the uh, Newcastle fan maybe took it to the next level and did a uh, full lap of honor around the Stadium of Light. My, my question for this is, why is a Newcastle fan at a Sunderland game? And why is he in the halftime thingy-majig? Surely it's more embarrassing for him to be... places where it broke down, yes. <laughs> I just don't... I mean, it's obviously... I mean, I saw it on the, on the internet, so it has to be true. But why is he there? I don't understand it. I think a lot of Sunderland fans just aren't going to their games at the moment, so I guess somebody's got to turn up. Um, or at least, and also, uh, Sunderland never wins at home, time. so if you're a Newcastle fan, it would be uh, <laughs> the right time to go. That's what I say. So there you have it, Jeff. We're, uh, we're we're not being too down on these, no, uh, I'm just surprised these two the... uh, venerable British towns. We're just uh, we're sort of leaving them there, hanging and hoping that we get two wins out of it and uh, put the season to bed. The largest two uh, Easter eggs, if you will. British car manufacturing plant in Sunderland is like Nissan, not like do they make still M- make still make MGs or something? Uh, I think someone somewhere makes MGs, but it's like a man in a garage making like two a year or something like that. I, I mean, we we could do an entire segment on the decline of the British automobile industry and, uh, oh. and sort of the uh, the lack of industrial strategy in the UK. But I don't think anyone really tunes in to listen to that. Instead, next week we're going to do. We're not going to leave you for a week. We're not going to talk about Wednesday next week. We will do a special. U.S. soccer episode, sort of bouncing off the conversation that Paul and Luke had a few weeks back. We're going to expand it. We're going to get some guests. We're going to talk about the MLS, the future of the U.S. men's national team, and fun things like that. Apparently, we're calling it the Owls America Celebrity Deathmatch Edition. At least what that is being said on the agenda. So keep. Yeah, I think it'll be good, won't it? Yeah, keep an eye out for that. We'll get. We'll, um, have you got um, have you got Don Garber we'll as the guests. guests up top? No, yeah, Yergi, Yergi Klinsman. 
So, right. so as, as top list is Klinsman, Don Garber, uh, by John Arks. Did you get me on to? We'll get Alexia Lalas would be great. Imagine getting right, Lalas so. on. Good. Lalas, Harks, Garber, Klinsman. Definitely not setting I'll the re- bar too high here. I'll yeah, reach I'm out to Lalas. Yeah, you yeah, Evan. I'd bloody reach out to him as well with my fist. <laughs> <laughs> I saw you having a little pop at Alexa Lalas on uh, on Twitter earlier on, uh, Paul. After you were so kind about Big Dave as well. Yeah, can't stand the man. Is it is uh, is is kind of little wispy ginger beard that riles you up, or is it his opinions on promotion and relegation? Oh, you you can decide which one of those two that gets me annoyed. On the other hand, I will move us on to any other business because I have some other business this week. Um, I guess it's not specifically my business. We've talked before on the show about efforts to save the Columbus crew. Uh, And the Columbus crew was in rare form, or at least their fans were, this week at uh, the tailgate that Evan claims he was definitely not at. It was uh, covered by Deadspin.com, and I'm just going to read the headline... And I can read this on the show because this is news, and I didn't say it. Somebody else said it. Anyway, the headline is, Hey, Tony Precom, colon, all the ways Columbus Crew fans expressed their rage towards owner Anthony Precourt. It's, it's very inventive as a nickname. I kind of like it. Mm. Can you want to explain who Anthony Precourt is? Evan should do <laughs> I guess, this. I guess yes. so, if I have to. Um... <laughs> Yeah, Precourt is the uh, the owner of the crew. Um, he's the guy that is trying to move them to Austin, Texas, and it's uh, it, it's terrible, right? Like it's it's like the stepdad coming in and taking the children from the mother. Like it's it's uh, the guy that had no nothing to do with the club that's ripping it away from the fans and. Uh, it's it's bad news and and yeah it uh it was it, so it, to be fair it was the tailgate a couple of weeks ago it, it was march 10th it was the first home match that we had so the second match of the season and uh yeah i mean what's what's there to say yeah he he in his life he said that in his life since he's owned the crew in, in 2013 he he said it's important for the hunt family in major league soccer that crew remains in columbus we're very committed to that. This city feels right. He said that time after time. And, and the more people pressed him on it, the more he got offended that people would even ask the question. And now he's moving the team. So what, what do you expect people to, to do and say and act? I mean, you know, last year after this was announced, he brought his daughter to the game uh, immediately preceding or proceeding. So immediately after the, uh, the announcement and, People were shouting, you know, F you pre-quarter, we are the crew, et cetera, et cetera. Just really mean things. And the guy came out and he said, I can't believe they would say that when my daughter was attending the match. Like, he, he's just, he's completely blind to what he's doing um, and, and how it's affecting people. And so it's just, it's a disaster. And, uh, you know, I have a season ticket this year and, and I'll be at as many matches as I can to support the team. But I, I hate that part of that season ticket money goes to the MLS and goes to crew and, and go or crew as an organization and, and goes into, uh, to pre courts pockets because it's, um, just, just 
incredibly an incredibly slimy thing he's doing. Now you say there's not much to say about it, but uh, other crew fans don't agree with you. I'm going to read another piece, a little bit of this piece. What would you say to Precourt if you get to speak to him? I asked. Why are you taking Daddy's money to oil country? One fan replied. Eat a dick, answered another. <laughs> <laughs> I like the way that they use words in uh, Columbus. Mm. It's way more um, eloquent than happened. Yeah, it's all it's all it's all <laughs> news. I'm just I'm just reading the news. So we'll of course keep an eye on that uh, as the season goes on, and it may even come up on our uh, U.S. Soccer special next week. But for now, I can tell you that this has been episode 24 of the Owls Americast. You can find us on the internet at owlsamericas.com. Email the show at owlsamericas at gmail.com. And follow us on Twitter at owlsamericas. Our podcast intro and bumpers are by fellow Wednesdays, Reverend and the Makers. The podcast is on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, Podbeam, and probably anywhere else you choose to download podcasts. There's no wrong way to listen to the show. Just do what feels right. Wherever you choose to consume the Owls AmeriCast, we ask that you rate and review the show as it helps more Wednesdayites find our ramblings. Speaking of ramblings, you can leave the show a voicemail on our Days and Mumbled line at 1-401-307-1867. International rates do apply. You can dial it for free using Google Voice. I have to get through all of the... Like half this show is me introducing the other five co-hosts and then signing off with the other five co-hosts. We're going to do it anyway. James is on Twitter, at Manhattan Owl. James, I have to say, your recommendation of Big Alice Brewing was excellent. All of their beers were quite good. Uh, I'm not short of a few good breweries in my uh, my local neighborhood. Um, yes. <laughs> and now I'm I'm also no longer short of a, of a reason to feel cheerful in, uh, in the dark times, because I can always uh, look at my wrist and say, what would Addy do? Are you also going to get a full uh, Addy Newhue tattoo on your wrist? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> well, it'd be like a very mini Addy Newhue. I mean, you know, I've not got that big wrist. Paul is on Twitter, at The Wednesday. Paul, you do realize that at water does not mean the beer is actual water. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I, I have to say as well that you might have noticed it's been a bit, a bit quieter than normal on this, uh, on this pod because... I opened that whipped and I drank it and I actually spent most most of this episode on the bog. <laughs> I've actually just got back from the toilet, so it's, not, it's, it's actually gone straight through me. So uh, apologies, but um, maybe it was just a consumer recommendation. Don't drink whipped by uh, Stillwater Brewery. I was the one with the dodgy beer. Yeah, we'll have to it, sort it, our beer it, selections out at some point. Awful. I need to go. I need to go, chaps. All right. Have a great week. See ya. <laughs> Evan is on Twitter at Ohio Owl. Evan, what's uh, your preferred nickname for Anthony Precourt? <laughs> oh, he's doing a good thing about this one. I've already Evan, answered. Evan's also on the can. <laughs> that Ohio wine has gone straight through him. No, I just. Uh... I just prefer not to speak about him. I mean, it's, it's uh, you know, they, people can say what they want. I just think it's uh, they sure have been apparently. <laughs> he's just he's just not worth mentioning. It's uh, it's, a, it's a damn, damn shame what he's doing. Luke is on Twitter at Luke A H. Luke, I don't really have a good question for you this week. 
There's too many people. I only need to come up with three or four. Luke's gone too. Is everyone on the toilet? <laughs> Sorry, I didn't realize I was on mute. Patty is on Twitter at Patty A. Jones and at New York Owls. Patty, do we have any international meetups this weekend for the Kosovan friendlies with Madagascar Um, and Burkina Faso? uh, No, we we don't. Uh, Madagascar Owls is sadly lacking, um, probably due to the lack of uh, World Cup involvement over the last 200 years. Um, but we are we are looking forward to the Madagascar Owls getting together for the 2022 World Cup as they still be determined. I'm on Twitter at Jeff Paternostro, and since I have to host apparently the uh, U.S. Soccer Spectacular, I will see you back here next week. <laughs>